Punchito Ojeda outside, alongside John Murray. Dude, Coach, how was the weather in California? Hot. It got super hot this weekend. Um, I think it was up at like 75, 80 for yesterday. We were, we were out playing pickup in Napa, and it was it was a little too hot for me. Wow. Can you please complain a little bit more about how hot it was I mean, for everyone else playing lacrosse in the country? You know what it's like. You, you remember. <laughs> Oh, you haven't been in Virginia yeah, that long. It's sweaty, sweaty hot. Uh, no, I love California weather. It's amazing. But I do like uh, March. It tends to be nice temps. It feels a little more springy. You know, it's a little bit more uh, seasonal than a lot of the other months in California, which you sort of see it all blend together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of cool. So, dude, did you get to watch any lacrosse this weekend? I didn't get to watch too much lacrosse. I was pretty wrapped up on Saturday, but first thing I did when I got home was uh, watch that Syracuse-Virginia game. I was scrolling through Twitter, and I had to go shut that off right away, I think like an hour or two once the game started. So I couldn't get to a couch to watch the game, but that's literally the first thing I did on Sunday was watch Syracuse-Virginia. Yeah, you know, I was I was sending you a text, and I literally had typed out first, you know, you know how about that wagon? Because you were all about, UVA's a wagon, man. And I was like, how about that wagon? And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to be a jerk. So I, I asked you first. Should have played spoiler, but, you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I actually turn my phone off half the time when I'm trying not to get scores. Because, you know, someone texts you and they're like, hey, man, did you see the score of the game? And, and then they're like, what a beatdown. Q's late on Virginia. And you're like, ah, I hate you. See, I, I'm like, the, I'm going to text you that you're wrong with your pick right now. And then your team's going to go on like a five-goal streak i'm gonna look like an idiot so <laughs> I also just refrain. has it happened did that happen this year that not, happen? not yet has it didn't you i'm pretty sure you texted me about richmond looking pretty good and then oh boom, yeah that might have been it down go the spiders yeah so that's why i just don't i don't do that i'd save it for game is zero 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 on the clock and then i'll i'll fire off some texts <laughs> Oh man! Well, let's talk about the PLL before we get into the games. Obviously, a lot of a lot to break down there. But PLL trade, uh, biggest trade in history, goes down with Paul Rabel, uh, owner, uh, player. Is he coaching Social media too? mogul. <laughs> Social media mogul. I mean, what is it? What does the man not do? Uh, gets traded from the Atlas to the Cannons uh, in exchange for a few picks, uh, as you so eloquently noted on the previous attempt at recording this podcast. Uh, because the Cannons have no players. Uh, what do you think of the trade? I mean, he he fits in with their team right now, being the only player. So I don't know if they're going to try to build around him. He he was still voted a top 50 player in the PLL, which some people were a little sus about. They weren't too sure about that. Um, but we were talking earlier, like, who makes these trades? How does this work? Like, did he demand a trade? Like... Like how I demand I, a trade for myself. Like I have the authority to trade myself for these picks. Like how does this work? I, I just don't understand that side of the PLL yet. Like who's making these calls? Yeah, and I also think like I mean nothing against Rabel. He's one of the all-time greats, and he's a incredible impact in the game. And I don't want to sound like a blowhard, but I mean, dude, the guy's old. 
why are you trading for him? What he he's good, but he's he has limitations on how much longer he can play and what impact he's going to have. And mm-hmm. if you want the old like you know leader in the in the locker room, there's a lot of guys that can serve that purpose that aren't Paul Rabel and don't cost you a first round pick. So I, I don't know. In my opinion, I, I feel like if I'm the Cannons, I don't love this pick out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, you're how, Paul Rabel has a few good years, maybe, maybe left. Yeah. Um, I'm just not sure the game's designed for his style of play anymore. I mean, it's gotten goalies are too good, and and you know, I may mean, I say that and he's probably gonna have a breakout year. He's probably gonna yeah. kick ass. I mean, yeah. you haven't seen too many of those like horses at midfield like dominate the PLL. It's mainly been like your strong attack man. I mean, Schreiber's the only one who's put up like a ton of numbers at the midfield, but other than him, no one's really putting up huge numbers for the midfield. Well, and you think about where Schreiber plays, he plays in the, the Archers, which runs that pairs offensive style, mm-hmm. which is not really catered towards a midfield or attack man. It's sort of all just like ball handlers. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I don't love the trade. I, I think more than not loving the trade, I don't love that the PLL doesn't have ownership groups or, or, or general managers or any sort of public facing entity that can indicate why they're doing it and what their plan is. And it just seems like the league's trying to keep all the teams perfectly balanced or whatever. I don't know. Except for the whip snakes that keep winning every year. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Turp Town. Yeah. Don't want to, don't want to hurt the turtle. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, enough about the PLL. They're not in season right now. It's college lacrosse season. And uh, some of the best lacrosse is being played right now. You know, I, I'll be honest. I think that I sort of love the way COVID has affected the games. Just an over general, uh, a general thing I've noticed. Games are a bit sloppier, which is what it is. But there's a lot. I feel like it's a lot more athletic and just up and down. Transition seems to be in. Yeah, scoring. Slow plays scoring down. definitely seems up. Yeah, so it's fun. But let's start with uh, let's start with the games we picked last week. And First we'll off, with- great turnaround by you with these picks this week. Great turnaround. Dude, I, I mean, I couldn't have gone backwards, could I? I would have had to go over. <laughs> uh, my pick against EVA finally worked out. I knew that I had to keep riding that train. <laughs> they were going to lose the game eventually. Uh, we'll start with Big Ten. We'll start with the Friday night happy hour lacrosse. Uh, game sort of under-delivered in terms of competitiveness. I was hoping it would be a closer game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not get to watch it live, so I was watching it a little bit later that evening, and it was okay. Uh, Maryland wins 13-7. to um, I had picked a 13-12 Maryland win. You had picked a 14. Uh, I didn't mark it down. Oh, I think 14-10. We both got it right. That's all that matters. Uh, yeah, both got it right. Uh, but the uh, game wasn't that close. I mean, here's what I noticed. I listened to Quint on the Quick Restart podcast with him and Terry, and I think he said the same thing, which is, you know, Penn State had the face-off advantage and probably should have had uh, – it should have been close on that alone. But they could not draw a slide from the Maryland defense. And, you know, Maryland was drawing slides early and often against Penn State and just broke it down. And and, and the defense for Mer- Penn State seemed to just go early. Like that was seemed like their game plan was to go early, and they never really seemed to get off of that. And I think they should have been – either a little slower to go or have a zone to go to to protect themselves in that situation. Um, well, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see kind of Penn State struggle with their 
offensive identity. I mean, they had Graham Amon forever who could beat the number one pole, no matter who was across from him and kind of draw that side. And you had Mac O'Keefe who was kind of keeping one guy up there with them and they didn't really want to slide off him. Um, so it's interesting to see. I wonder if they'll take some cues from some other schools. Um, I noticed Syracuse kind of in that game do a lot of inverts. I wonder if Penn State will start trying that because they got a, I mean, two games back to back for Penn State not scoring 10 goals is crazy. It's crazy. They're, they're, they're still talented. There's still guys that can play on that team, but they got to figure out. I mean, it's tough to play offense if you can't beat your guy. Yeah, well, you know, quit me this observation. I think he's probably right is that the defense, because Penn State's defense seems to slide so early, when Penn State's offensive players drive, they, they are expecting the slide to be there. And then when it's not there, they don't they don't go to the goal. You know, um, I, I think Penn State's going to be fine. I think they'll be okay. They just, I just think they need to dodge the score a little bit more and, uh, and let the game come to them. It, 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 the opportunities to pass will open up. Um, I did like Penn State's ride. I thought they rode pretty hard and uh, mm-hmm. created a couple opportunities out of that. In fact, their first goal of the game or second goal of the game was off of a ride. I failed clear, which was uh, a good one. So, mm-hmm. uh, Moving on, let's talk about Duke Air Force. What did you think of this game? Well, this game was definitely not your classic Duke in February. So they – I mean, they've been so good this year. Um, I think they've – you know, they had a little bit of a tough start against Denver in that first game, but they've been – I don't think any team's been close since then. Um, the offense is rolling. Um, one thing I really noticed about the Duke offense was that the assist numbers, you know, outside of Sowers is still pretty good. It's not all funneled through Sowers. Like, other guys are still creating for them, which is awesome to see. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough game for Air Force. I think they had that, that big win over Utah, but – I don't know. This was this was expected for me. This game. Yeah. So we both picked uh, the Devils to win in this one. No doubt about that. You know, I thought uh, I watched a little bit of this game and then ended up turning off because I, I just didn't want to spend a ton of time uh, watching a game that wasn't close. And Duke was clearly a better team right out of the gate. You know, the the takeaways I got was you know Stowers still the best player in college across. Um, you know, he's no he's arguments here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Duke's a top contender for the Final Four weekend for sure. I mean, they, they can just outscore people. I mean, they're they're going to score twelve to fifteen mm-hmm. goals every game. It's going to be hard to keep up with them. Yeah, you know, my biggest question was: Should we be concerned about Air Force? They need overtime to beat Utah. They got thumped by Denver. They got thumped by Duke. Like, are they are they in trouble? Yeah, I mean, that's it's tough. I mean, we got to see them play some lower level teams. I think. Again, Denver hasn't played well, but talent-wise, they're still really up there. And obviously, Duke is Duke. Um, so I, I would give it some time before we make any like final judgments on Air Force. But I would be a little a little worried after these games. Yeah, I, I'm definitely worried for Air Force. Um, let's move on to the the best game in the the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because it was uh, I should say the most hyped game of the weekend: Hughes versus UVA. I think everyone assumed that Cuse was going to start the season 0-2, which was a little bit nutty if you think about what we thought of them prior to the season starting. Mm-hmm. Um, so Orange come out victorious 20-10. Your wagon lost its wheels and fell to the ground, skidding to a halt. <laughs> 
what do you uh, what do you see the problem was in this game? Did the drums throw you off right there? Uh, no, I knew I, I you were setting yourself up for something. Uh, it was it was interesting. I mean, I think Syracuse um, they definitely switched up a few things. I thought they were inverting with Curry um, on that short stick that. Porth, whenever 32 was on the field for Virginia, he was like, I'm taking you behind X and I'm dodging you the whole time. And Virginia never really adjusted. Like, usually you would see teams try to flush that out or, you know, not let them just carry like that. Um, but I think that was an interesting move by Syracuse because they weren't getting a lot of um, offense below GLE. So they're like, okay, we're going to take our best players, which are our middies, and we're going to take them below GLE and they're going to dodge from X. For us, and I really think that delivered that high-low punch Syracuse was looking for. Um, and then on the Virginia side, I felt like they had their shots. I mean, I think Matt Moore had ten shots in this game, and he just wasn't hitting the back of the cage. Um, I thought they scored ten goals. And I think they could have had a lot more. I think Jake Porter made a few good saves, but defensively, they they got tightened up. That was a bad game for them. Those those shots too that Syracuse Syracuse had some. Some lucky bounce shots in in the beginning and just seemed to kept going all night. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about Syracuse for a second. So I thought they won for a couple of reasons. First was face off Dante they yeah. did better than just go 50-50, yeah. which I think was unexpected. Um, two, I thought the clearing game against a 10-man was, was excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, they basically nullified the ride. Yeah, you didn't really uh, see which- – or even notice Virginia was in a 10-man ride. Syracuse was moving the ball downfield so quickly. Yeah. Well, now as UVA is so used to getting those good ride numbers, I think that hurt them on defense. You know, the other part was I think Brick Kennedy being at LSM was helpful in this transition and, and overall because he's a good handling pull. And then I thought the offense, like you said, about inverting was balanced and deep. What was cool about what they did was they, by opening up with Curry and Dordovic and some of the guys playing in different – maybe in different spots – Mm-hmm. Um, they kept their offensive principles, but they opened up the door, and all of a sudden, then Owen Hiltz was playing better. Um, Stephen Rafe was playing better. I thought Hiltz getting a start over Griffin Cook was a, a bold move by Desco. Um, you know, I wonder if they're going to run Cook out of the box. I don't know. He played a couple minutes in the second quarter, but was not heard from much. And then UVA wise, you know, I, I'm wondering if we should be concerned. One is, you know, the. Their top 10 are great. Their top 13 are great. But they lack the depth that the other teams have. You know, when the game was on the line, they couldn't go to anyone except for their top guys. And um, the injury Danny Parker seemed to cause a problem for them. That was number – he's number 40, I think, on their defensive short stick D-mitty. Mm-hmm. But he went out, and they really struggled after him. And then your point about Road, you know, yeah, Road played great. He let in a couple early ones, I think, just getting back in the saddle after the COVID layoff. But – you know, I wonder if that didn't help Hughes get a little bit of uh, feeling good about things, you know. So, anyhow, it's a good game. I mean, you still think UVA is a wagon? Or are you jumping I, ship? I'm not jumping ship. I'm still high. I think um, they played a pretty poor game. I think it's fair to say defensively. I think offensively it wasn't their best outing. They still put up 10. I think they could have put in a lot more. Uh, I think at the end of the day, they they were just. It felt like they were just taking the first shot a lot of the times, and if they can get just a little bit more patient on offense, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a lot better. Especially in a game like that, you know, where Syracuse is scoring every time on offense, you got to slow the game down a little bit. And they 
they didn't. Syracuse just kept on making punishing them for it with the make it take it lacrosse. They were almost playing in that yeah. second half. You heard it here first. UVA is a team that can make it to Final Four weekend. I also think they are probably the top top team to be considered for an upset in the early rounds because of the way they play and because of their reliance on a couple of players. They don't have those secondary mm-hmm. players. Um, if that changes through the season, that will change my opinion on that. But right now, I think they are a top team if all their guys are on. If one or two of their guys are off, I think they could get beat by an eight seed in a tournament or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, to be interesting to see if that happens. Well, let's move back to the Big Ten. Ohio State versus Rutgers. Uh, I have not. I did not watch a minute of this game, so I have no comments on it other than Rutgers just absolutely pounded the snot out of Ohio State in Columbus. You know Nick Myers probably hasn't slept in two days, so I'm not sure I would after that. Um, and the only other comment I have is if Rutgers doesn't win the Big Ten title, which is a big if statement at this juncture, they All might. Right. Uh, the no Ivy League might really benefit Rutgers to give them their first NCAA tournament bid appearance in a long time. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because they're only playing a Big Ten schedule, right? Big Ten isn't playing out of conference. So with, you know, with Penn State dropping – um, two games. If Ohio State continues to look like that, um, hopefully they can get you know an at-large bid if you don't win the Big Ten. So hopefully two teams from there will make it. But I was able to follow this game on social media with a lot of being a, a Jersey kid. I, I do have a lot of the my ear to the ground for a lot of the Rutgers news. It seems like they were just slow breaking Ohio State to death, and just like they always had the green light to go to the cage. And Ohio State just wasn't ready for the kind of aggression and the constant green light that Rutgers had the whole game. Um, I was really surprised by this. Like, I really thought Ohio State looked great against Hopkins. I know that second half wasn't the best, and I guess I could have looked a little bit more into that. But I thought that first half against Hopkins, I was like, Ohio State's a well-rounded, good team. Uh, But, yeah, Rutgers beat the piss out of them. That was... (laughs) 22, 22 to 12 is hard to hard to explain. Yeah, I, I just thought that the Ohio State would get them in more of a meat grinder situation and, mm-hmm. and Rutgers wouldn't have it, but uh, I was wrong. Rutgers is literally for real. And, uh, yeah, get and ready that, for so. the hype, the Rutgers hype train to just keep growing and growing if they keep getting wins like this. Oh, man, I don't know if you listened to the po- the post game, but I'm sure Ocello and Malloy are just going off about Rutgers Twitter right now. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's crazy. Um, which, by the way, we officially stay off of Twitter and social media during these games for those reasons. Um, let's move on to uh, to Notre Dame versus Robert Morris. I, I want to make a, a point of order here. Mm-hmm. Who said in the first podcast of the year that Notre Dame was severely underranked? That's right. That's right. Ding, 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 ding. That's, <laughs> I did. And are they we, just absolutely are we a, little, a little when you're right, you're right. Do you remember what I said last podcast? Don't sleep on the Notre Dame offense. Uh, we'll have to go back and listen to the table now. <laughs> In their notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Notre Dame steamrolls Bobby Moe 19-7. Both of us picked Notre Dame. I think both of us thought this would be closer than this. Uh, wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. Uh, Notre Dame put the scheme away in the first quarter and never looked back. Uh, you know, I think the part that was most shocking to me was that Bobby Moe's on their fifth game of the season. They play a totally different style of offense to defend, which makes it really hard. And I just – Notre Dame dominated in every facet. I mean, they, they were not just a little bit better, but, like, way better. 
You think is Notre Dame the best team in the ACC? No. <laughs> okay, there we go. Look at that. No, no overreactions. I like that. No <laughs> yeah. overreactions. No. I, I think it's I think it's a two headed monster with Duke, UNC until someone beats one of them. Um and then you gotta see Notre Dame play play UVA and Syracuse. So ACC is loaded. Uh I will take I will take Notre Dame to beat both those teams. Syracuse and Virginia? I will take Notre Dame. Notre Dame's gonna drop at least Well, they played Duke twice. <laughs> they played Duke twice. Yeah, they, well, Notre Dame has the gauntlet on the schedule because they finished the season like I'm trying to find them their team. Look, they finished the season with a a gauntlet. It's like I got it. So they go say this is great podcast. Virginia they go their ACC schedule is Virginia, Syracuse, Duke, Duke, North Carolina, Syracuse. Yeah, that is literally a gauntlet. They're gonna drop a couple in there. Yeah. But I I really bet they come out of that with a winning record. Which is saying they're the best team in the ACC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think it's good. I think that I think that offense looked um the chemistry just looked good out there against Bobby No. I mean the the ball was moving in it. Uh, Pat Kavanaugh was doing a great job at X, feeding everyone for step-down shooters. And they got some shooters on the team. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see because uh, a lot of it was kind of like off-ball, step-down shots. I was watching the highlights of this game. Um, at, the, at the end of the day, are they going to have Dodgers? Are they going to have guys who can beat and draw a slide? Um, I didn't see a lot of that in this Bobby Moe game. So that's going to be a big hurdle. But, you know – now that Notre Dame has a faceoff guy, I think that's going to definitely help out a ton. Yep, for sure. No overreactions, but I'm calling it out Notre Dame ACC champs. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I actually believe that, but they're going to be good. So let's move on to the last game of the season, Hopkins, or the season of the weekend. Hopkins 14, Michigan 7. <laughs> Epstein scores six goals. Uh, Hopkins looks goodish. Hard to not against Michigan. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the note Michigan seems to have regressed. I mean, they finished twenty nineteen with a win we're, over number at then number ten Ohio State. We're we're slowly turning into a Michigan slander podcast, and I'm I'm all for it. But I I I, uh, yeah, I just don't understand. I, I they feel started, that, yeah. but you just that. Like, I, I just don't understand what happened. They they were. They look like they were rolling. They look like they were moving forward. You know, they start the season in 2024 and three. Not the best start in the world, you know, with the loss to Merrimack. But still, winning record. They're looking they're, good. They're, they're a team that needs to play an out-of-conference schedule. Yeah, they do. They do. They're, they're thumping by Maryland and losing by seven to Hopkins, who just got absolutely manhandled by Ohio State. Mm. Is not good. Well, they might lose all their games this season. I mean, their next four games, they play the two easiest teams, or play one of the easiest teams today. I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a good chance they don't win a game. Uh, do I mean, they play Rutgers, Ohio State, Penn State, and it looks like Penn State's their only real chance. And is Big Ten, does all these teams qualify, or are they going to not even make the Big Ten championship uh, like tournament? There's a, quor- there's a quarter, semis, and finals, so I have to assume that they're playing uh, first and second, get a bye. Yeah. They play the quarters the weekend before, and then semis, and so I, yeah, I think everyone's going to qualify. But yeah, but I mean, you might be looking at a zero and six season for Michigan lacrosse. 
Yeah, and I don't know how they beat Penn State. I mean, Penn State's probably their best chance, and they're not going to win a faceoff. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's going to be a long season. Anyhow, I don't. Is there much to talk about here? I mean, Hopkins beat a bad team. Yeah. No, no. Like, this has been a firm no overreaction podcast today. So I. I <laughs> you don't want to say Hopkins is back. Hopkins is not back. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's let's move on. Let's talk about Georgetown. Yeah. Um, who hurt George, I, Georgetown? You, who hurt them? Why why are they coming out and just bullying teams to start the year? Well, I'm wondering if Kevin Warren just went at the beginning of the season. I was like, you know what? We can't really do a lot of stuff, so we're just going to practice our mosh pitting. And then, you know, now this is carried onto the field where they just mosh pit all game long and are just absolutely annihilating other teams' offensive yeah. players. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. They've given up two goals in eight quarters. I mean, that and they've also put in, what was it, 35? Yeah, 35 goals. 35 to 2 in two games? Like, that's, again, they are like a big, big time high school team just beating up on bad, bad teams. Like, I've, I, I yeah, but Villanova's not bad. Villanova's went out and put up 14 on Marquette. And I'm not saying Marquette's great, but like, yeah. Marquette's not, or 16 on Marquette. They're not exactly awful. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like they, they're making these games look like high school box scores. I'm a little bit worried for when Marquette goes to play Georgetown this weekend. I, they're just going to get. Do you think they'll score? I'm, that game's not in our pick what's, is it? What's the, the over-under on goals? A uh, goal and a half or half a goal? <laughs> are they going to score or are they not going to score? Uh, yeah, I think they put it at 1.5 maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure Marquette's going to – I'm not sure that's the game Marquette wants to play this weekend. They're 0-2. They're about to be 0-3. Uh, I like Marquette, but Georgetown seems to be on another planet. So, uh, you know, the big game for Georgetown, though, is going to be this Tuesday, right? They're playing Mount St. Mary's. Seems like an easy dub. You know, the the Mount isn't exactly blowing the doors off of anything. But uh, Quint loves to say it's Tuesdays for the Hunter. And uh, I always laugh because it's it's such a good saying. But it's true, you know. It's it's a – do you think on Tuesday, do you think the Mount gets the dub? No. Me neither. No. <laughs> Do you think the Mount scores more than five goals? No. I don't think this is close. I'm like again. I don't know who hurt Georgetown, but they're they're coming for everyone. I will take uh, I will take Georgetown to win by a lot, but I bet the Mount scores more than four goals. Ooh, so hot! Such a hot take. <laughs> that is a hot take right now. Considering the average score for the other yeah. team is point five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on from that. That's it's good stuff, Georgetown. Georgetown might be a wagon. Someone better get on board soon, because uh, I'm not getting on board just yet. Although I do like Kevin Moore, and I like I like what he's doing, Georgetown. Let's move on. Upcoming games. We're gonna make a couple picks here. So we'll first, we'll start off with Wednesday. UVA versus High Point. Well, I guess we both picked Georgetown over Mount St. Mary's, so that's good. Um, we'll we'll add that to the list. Uh, UVA versus High Point. Cavaliers coming off a tough loss. High Point coming off a tough loss. <laughs> Honestly, High Point. Looked so good the first time we played Carolina. I was like, man, High Point is good. And, and, and I know, I know, and they played I know them some again. High Point. <laughs> yeah. I know some of the High Point guys, and I was like, I'm pumped for them. Like, they're going to be good. And then they played them again. I was like, oh, God. They just got. When my brother was at High Point every every summer, or like before every school year, he would tell me, I was like, yo, I had I had this dream. We're going to beat, we're going to beat UNC. We're going we're gonna to beat Duke this year. And it's like, no. <laughs> Not <Nah>. yet. <laughs> uh, I think well, I think it was just tough. I think it was just a product of um, playing High Point, um, 
playing UNC back to back. I think the two games definitely hurt, and you know UNC knew what they were about and didn't underestimate them this time. Twenty-seven twelve is an ass beating too. I don't know if you would call that a bad day. Like twenty-seven twelve is horrendous. It's just a bad day. Just a bad day. It's just, it's just a little off day at the dot in in the goal and on the field. Maybe should have stayed home. I uh, you know what? I, I I love Torpy though. He's an awesome dude. Great coach. Got good motivational energy, and his team will bounce back. You know, I look. I think High Point wins. I think I think UVA is the one that's on the ropes right now. I think they're you know lost by ten in a game that they felt they should have been close and probably should have won. And I think High Point knew. Yeah, I think Hyper can sort of discard this of like, you know, we're just not as good as UNC yet. We need to get there. And they're going to go back to work. Whereas I think UVA is in a little bit like maybe more perplexed. I also think the thing that's working against UVA is that High Point's seen the, the UNC 10 man now twice. Like, you know, they've got that going to get that figured out by the time they play UVA on Wednesday. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't I'll think. Take... Oh, you go. You finish, finish your pick. Tell, tell I'm taking High Point, baby. 15 14 in OT. So I think. I don't think the riding is a big issue for High Point. Um, I think it's going to be defensively. Can they match up? Um, one thing I noticed about High Point's polls is they're all little guys. They're not a lot of six one, six two guys out there on defense. Um, and I think their offense can score with anyone. They've shown that. Like they've they've put up double digit goals against UNC twice. Uh, but I don't see them stopping UVA's offense and their Dodgers. Um, so I think you. High Point's going to have a hard time stopping them. I'm picking UVA in a shootout, 19-15. All right. I like it. I'm going to pick up another game on you. All right. Move on to Maryland versus Hopkins. I put some notes in here, but I really – I don't think I need to say anything. Maryland's good. Hopkins is not as good. Uh, Maryland's going to win uh, 14-11. As you can tell, neither of us are from Maryland, so we don't really need to talk about this too much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all our Maryland listeners. I know this is a very big deal in the state, but eh, Maryland's going to win. I look. I want Hopkins to be good. I I love Petro. I want to. I want to. I want to talk about what he left for for Milliman, and I like Milliman. I like his style. I think Hopkins is close, but Maryland's there. Hopkins is maybe close. It, it, no, yeah, nothing to talk about. Let's move on. Lehigh versus Loyola. Look, I thought Lehigh looked great against NJIT. I love Kevin Cassis. I love what he's about. I love the way he coaches. I think they're going to be tough and hard-nosed. But at the end of the day, I just don't see – Loyola's good. I mean, they're really good. So I think think this game's going to be close because of the way Lehigh plays, but I'm taking Loyola 12-10. Yeah, I just want to try to put some respect on on Lehigh and the Patriot League. I think, like, Lehigh, Loyola, Army, those are, like, two top legit 15 teams. Um, three three the three guys are two yeah or three of the top 15 yeah that's correct brain 30 minutes in the podcast when brain stops working we found we found uh, the sweet spot for it we're way, we're uh, way over time and navy's also good and they're in three yeah league. um but yeah no i agree with you i think loyola having a few games under their belt um lehigh i mean again kind of shade at njit is kind of a warm-up game kind of like practicing against the jv team and just getting your reps in. Um, so I think Loyola oh, takes man. it to them in a close game, 11-9. All right, I like it. Both got them. Penn State, Ohio State. You know, I only put this game in here because it's got huge implications for sort of the seeding in the Big Ten. I think you have Maryland and Rutgers in the top two. 
Then you have Penn State, Ohio State in the middle, and then you have Hopkins, Michigan at the bottom. So the winner of this gets to be the three seed and face Michigan. The loser has to face Hopkins, which seems like they're probably close enough that they're kind of a nuisance to have to get through and could end up losing. I don't know. I don't. I just don't see Penn State starting 0 three. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. Where this is more of a you don't want to lose this game. Like if you win it, you're you still got a long road ahead of you. But like if you lose this game, like it's it's a long road uphill from there. Um, yeah. I I'm I'm hoping we can see that Ohio State team from before, and I'm 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 pulling Ohio State in this one. I think it's going to be close. I think this is a toss up though. I really do. Yeah. Well, good. I'm taking Penn State. You're taking Ohio State. It's excellent. Someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. That's what happens in lacrosse games. Someone's going to get a text as soon as the game ends. <laughs> <laughs> what time is this game at? Make sure I'm not sleeping. <laughs> what do we got? Uh, it is noon. Well, it says oh, 11. On, some re- For some reason, the inside lacrosse has it as 11.59 p.m. So it's at midnight. Oh, it's probably it's because probably they haven't set a time yet. Because of uh, COVID, I'm sure. Well, we'll see. Either way, um, it'll probably be during my afternoon nap. Um, <laughs> moving on, last game of the weekend, we're picking Duke versus Richmond. Who you got? So I had in here like Richmond, you know, has played Duke pretty well historically with one goal, one loss goals, one goal losses in 2020. One loss goal is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> in 2020 and 2019 um but no i don't think this is a one goal game i think duke rolls 18-7 i couldn't agree more i had blue devils are the team to beat in the acc besides Notre dame of course and the other problem is that richmond just barely beat towson and towson got manhandled by duke like not even as close as the score was so i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go devils roll 18 to 10 so I think it's uh, – we got our picks for the week. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a good week in lacrosse. In other news, uh, and we'll start we'll start doing some pod work on this, but the MCA is starting to open up with teams starting to play. I know uh, Virginia Tech, that's right, we're opening up this weekend. And I know some other teams are also playing as well as Arizona. Uh, Arizona and I think, I think Dominican plays this weekend, um, a few other teams. So MCA lacrosse is getting started. And Division Three is getting rolling. I don't know if all the ODAC teams are playing this weekend or not, but uh, it's starting to get rolling. So it's going to be exciting stuff. Um, I'm, I'm excited to, to see more lacrosse on TV and on the interweb. But uh, yeah, you said something yeah, about Virginia Tech streaming games. You going to drop uh, where to find those games? Is it behind a paywall? Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Okay. Definitely free. Definitely free, and definitely just need to make sure that we get the technical difficulties worked out which is always challenging when you have someone like me behind the wheel. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? It might happen. So I so, guess I'll, I'll have to pick the Virginia Tech games because you'll be a little too biased. I, I could be. It could be. Actually, Virginia, it's going to be Virginia Tech Liberty on Saturday, so it's going to be a good game. That's, uh, yeah. How yeah, you it's feel? our opener. Oh, it's our opener, man. It's its first game of the season, and uh, we, we, we're not there. We're not ready. But is are you ever ready for your first game of the season? <laughs> I mean, like, first game against Liberty, though, that's it's a tough one. Yeah, it's good. I like it. The boys are, ready to, boys are ready to to battle. It should be fun. So, mm-hmm. I can't wait. But, uh, awesome, man. Well, uh, good. For all you guys out there, for, you know, make sure you like, subscribe, 
give us a rating and a review on podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, we hope you guys have a wonderful week and enjoy lacrosse. Wednesday, 3 p.m., High Point versus UVA. Only game available on TV this week. Make sure you watch it. Until next week, peace out.